Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Eric Arneson is a former newspaper reporter, has written all kinds of different articles about games. I'm a fan of games, and I also need games to distract me from everything else that's going on in the world. And I know we're getting close to an election, but boy, could we use something other than election talk. And he has a new book called How to Host a Game Night. Eric Arneson, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I am... uh, a fan of board games. I've played different games as a kid growing up. And you know what I realized? You'll, you might find this funny. My parents purchased Mousetrap for my son. He's six years old. And we set up the game. And he said, okay, now how do you play? And I said, I have no idea. I've never played this game in my life. I've only set it up to catch the mouse with the little elaborate setup. And I'm guessing there's a, probably a lot of other games people really don't know how to play. Um, so <laughs> I just thought that was uh, amusing in the sense that it's been around, and I probably have set it up a million times, but I've never actually played the game. Yeah, I have a theory on Mousetrap that something like 80% of the people who own it uh, have never actually played the game. It's just fun to set it up and and use it more like a toy than a game sometimes. <laughs> it is more fun as a toy, but, you know, he looked at it as a different way. But I guess that's part of the joy of games. Sometimes you, you can play it in a non-traditional way and still have some fun. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, so you write a lot of articles about games and things and how to host a game night. Let me talk about really the motivation to put something like this together. So why write it? What's the uh, motivation to put some instructions together? Yeah, you know, I've been hosting game nights with my wife for a couple of decades now, and it just brings us so much joy getting together with people, which, uh, you know, is is more difficult today than it was a year ago. But um, uh, it, it just, it's such a an uplifting experience to be able to set aside all the technology. And I love technology, but being able to take a break from it and just gather around the table and have, have a good time with your family, have a good time with friends. Uh, it's fantastic. And uh, so I put this book together uh, to give people some, some tips on how to make that happen. Uh, and also to share a lot of the, the stories, funny and, and humorous and, and maybe touching too, that have happened to us through the years. So what are your favorite types of games that you like to play? You know, I I like a mix of strategy games and party games. If a game can make me laugh out loud, uh, I'm in. Uh, Games like Time's Up, which is is sort of organized charades. Uh, I've never 
played that without rolling on the floor laughing. And, uh, but I do like strategy games, too. If, if you have tickets to ride, uh, count me in. I'm going to be there, and, and we'll build trains across America. We have Ticket to Ride, but the kid version, because he loves playing the game. He's actually very good at it. I don't know how he's good at it, but he is good at it. So they have, a lot of times, a kid's version for other popular board games. And board game culture is just exploding. You can go online, and people will document, and they'll rate, and they'll comment. And you can go online and see the most popular board games. And I was shocked to learn how many different board games exist because when I was growing up, I felt like there was 20 board games to choose from in the world. But now that's a whole different story. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And, and I, like you, when I was growing up, we had uh, 10, maybe 20 games in our house. And I felt like that was the entire universe of board games. But uh, these days, and I'm not exaggerating, Thousands of games get published every year. The Internet has really helped the market explode because people uh, can start game companies that, uh, you know, their game needs to sell maybe 10,000 copies to be a success, whereas if you're, if you're Hasbro, you need a game to sell millions to be a success. Right, and a lot of the hobby shops that you go into, they have a whole section for board games, and it's amazing just to go and look at it. There's such beautiful artwork that's put into it, thought, um, and I don't even know where the explosion of board games came from because, like you said, and just like my experience, we had Monopoly, Sorry, Guess Who, Boggle, uh, I'm, Yahtzee, I'm trying to Risk. Yeah, we had Risk. I'm trying Trivial to think of all pursuit. the games that we had. Trivial sure. Pursuit was a popular one, but, you know, there's just the, the, the go-tos, the ones that you had. When did it really start taking off? Do you know when they started to get a little non-traditional and some of these independent makers started to find themselves into the national scene? Yeah, there was, you know, there was always a little bit of a thread of it, but it really started bubbling to the surface in the mid-1990s. And uh, for whatever reason, in Germany, there, there was a culture of just extremely creative family-friendly strategy board games. And uh, then with the Internet, people in America became aware of those games over in Germany. Probably would have never happened if we didn't have, have this amazing connection. And uh, so that's when it really started, uh, about 1995, with a game called Settlers of Catan, when that was published in Germany. And now it's sold millions of copies all over the world in the last 25 years. Yeah, we have that game, too. I think that was probably the very first type of non-traditional board game, traditional meaning the ones I remember growing up with, that yeah. I purchased. And me, in my at my time, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, but we used to play that all the time, and we'd bring friends over to play it, too. It's, things were so much easier before you have kids, because you can just willy-nilly welcome people over. Now it's a whole <laughs> different story. There was a game we just played, um, and it was a card game, and we... It was a, a game that friends brought over to our house, and it was nice because the kids can play with each other, and we can go into the kitchen table and play the card game. I wish I could remember what it was called. But there's so many, there's a million different games anymore. And um, what are some of those recommendations for those that are out of the board game or any type of game uh, realm that they sh it's like a starter for them? What are some games that they should check out if they are interested in maybe picking up a new one? Sure. Well, we've, we've mentioned a couple. Ticket to Ride and Catan, those are our modern-day classics now. You can't go wrong with those. Uh, I also love a game called Azul, A-Z-U-L. It's uh, easy to find, and it's got these wonderful tiles that are, are colorful, and you collect them. Uh, you're trying to build the tile work in a, in a um, Portuguese castle, and 
the way you collect the tiles, it's uh, a very clever, fun game. And at the end, your board it, it just has this beautiful layout of these uh, of these tiles. So everybody is building their own beautiful creation in the game. That's another excellent one, Azul. Mm. You know what? I don't think people realize this is what we do. You can request these games from your local library. A lot of them do cover yeah. and carry these things. And we've done that too. Instead of going out and uh, purchasing a game we didn't know if we'd play more than once, we get it from the library. And if we find we like it, then yeah, okay, well, let's pick it up. Then it'll be nice to have in the house. And uh, that's awesome. I don't think people know that you can do that. No, it's a terrific resource. You're right. A lot of libraries do that. Uh, I know there in St. Louis you have a terrific uh, game cafe called Pieces uh, Board Game Cafe, which is another option just to go grab a bite to eat and, and chill out around the game table too. But, uh, yeah, many, many libraries have good game collections these days. Yeah, what games should we stay away from? Are there any that you would discourage people from picking up? You, you know, a lot of the games today have uh, little descriptions on the side. If you look at the side of the box or maybe the back of the box, and one of the pieces of information that's on there is how long the game is going to take. So be aware of your attention span. You know, if you're looking to play a game with some children, uh, something like that, you don't want a game that says 120 to 180 <laughs> minutes. Uh, so that's, that's the first thing to look for. There was a game that we used to play. It was like the, it was like Risk on steroids, and it would take two days to do it. So basically, you would have to set two weekends at a friend's house that would promise not to touch it on the table somewhere, and you would go and you would spend like an entire night playing this thing, and then you'd leave it and come back. It was a strategy game like Risk. Oh, I wish I could remember what it is. So many of these different games I've played over time that were so fun, and I enjoyed doing it. Um, do you mind holding on after the break? Maybe we can talk more about games. And since we have Halloween coming up and other family members over, these are probably great conversations. We can start preparing for some of these moments with friends and family coming over so we can do something like this with them. I'd love to. Thank you. So we're going to continue our conversation with Eric Arneson, and you can find him online. And you can we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his book, too, How to Host a Game Night, and what he covers in that in case you're completely lost like I am. This is Overnight America KMOX. Radio's BS Detector. Mark Reardon. Weekday afternoons at 2 on St. Louis's News Radio. KMOX. You know, going through the list of the most popular board games on a website called BoardGameGeek.com and they do a pretty good job. Like, I've done this before where I've was curious about it, so I look on that website and try to figure out if it's something I'd be interested in. And I think I only have played one out of the top 100. There's so many board games out there. Uh, joining it's us amazing. is Eric Arneson. Yeah, and you have a book called How to Host a Game Night. The only one on the top 100 that I've played is number 96, Pandemic, which is one I purchased some time ago, and one that I would... I don't think I would want to bring that out right now and try to rock the boat anymore with what we're going through. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic game. Pandemic is absolutely brilliant, but it's uh, a little on the nose right now, maybe. Yeah, and then we we purchased another game that was similar to that, which was basically a house was on fire and you had to try to put the fire out. Uh, I don't remember what that's called, but there's so many games that we've either had or have played, and it's amazing because you can go, and I'm just like going through the top 200, and I don't know any of these. I'm guessing that since you are in this realm, this world, you probably have played a ton of these games. You know, so many games come out these days. I play games all the time. I love games. I've probably only played about half of the games in the top 100 on Board Game Geek. It is 
Uh, it's like trying to drink from a fire hose these days, which is terrific for, for people who like games, but uh, wow. makes it a challenge for the publishers to get attention. Okay, here's the one we got from the library because we had friends bring it over to our house when the kids were playing. It was Splendor. Have you heard of that one? Oh, Splendor is absolutely terrific. A great little game, yeah. Oh, it's great. Well, my wife and I could play games one after another, just the two of us, and it's so frustrating at times. Have you ever flipped a board game over? <laughs> I have not since uh, since my preteen years. I, uh, <laughs> I I got frustrated a few times as a kid when I was playing with my little sister, but uh, I've managed to avoid it since then. I know. It's tough to <laughs> somehow manage these things. But this is kind of the part of when you bring the kids' games in. It's kind of nice to give them the opportunity to learn that you're not always going to win in these board games. So, you know, you're going to have friends that you play with, whatever it may be, the proper way to react to losing and, you know, just the fact that you should be having fun with it is a big part of it, too. You know, with the Halloween coming around and there's certainly a lot of visiting that's going to happen on Thanksgiving and Christmas and people are going to be looking for things to do. And you recommended a couple of different games. How do you um, how do you present board games or card games to a group of people that have never played it before that are maybe reluctant to try to learn something new? Well, if, if you're going in with a crowd that is brand new to, to the concept of these modern board games, you want to make sure that you've got one that's relatively simple, that they're not going to have to sit there and listen to 30 minutes of a rules explanation. So something like Splendor uh, or something like Horrified. It's a, it's a new cooperative game where you're trying to get uh, classic movie monsters like Wolfman and the Mummy out of your city, and everybody's working together. And it doesn't take that long to explain. So... Uh, that's that's one of the biggest things that that is a turnoff for people is having to learn the rules. So if you can get them into the game pretty quickly, that's a huge plus. Yeah, that's big too. I think you know card games are popular. When we ever had yeah. the family over, it was always the same card games. Since I came from Michigan, you play euchre. My grandma loved Pinochle. I still don't know how to play it, but she was a big fan of it. And then if we were to ever do anything outside of that, it seemed like it was foreign to them. They didn't want to try to learn anything new. So trying to find something that may match where the fun level is so high that it outweighs the level to learn it and it doesn't take too much to learn it. Because, you know, you're not going to sit down and learn how to play Magic the Gathering with Grandma. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and, and I talk through some of those strategies in the book of how to introduce new games to people. Uh, you know, my college roommates and I, we lived on Euchre. Uh, so I love Euchre, but um, uh, eventually, for me, I, you've got to play new games, and, and I love learning new games, but not everybody does. Uh, are you any good at Euchre? I haven't played it in, a, in, in enough years now that I would be schooled by any skilled Euchre players. <laughs> but uh, in college, uh, I, I certainly held my own against my roommates. See, we used to play, uh, when I got out of college and before I was married, we had some friends that loved Civilization. And that oh. was a great board game. And that was something you can do at a, you know one night. You didn't really carry over, but it took a couple hours to play. And that was a fun one, too, turn-based games. Do, uh, you yeah. know, when you talk, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, civilization is terrific, and you know you're talking about it taking a couple of hours, which is which is exactly right on. And I think one of the things that helped this board game explosion that we're living in right now, starting with Catan, uh, you know, once you know the rules to Catan, that's a 90 minute game. Splendor you talked about, that's probably a 40 minute game. So there's so many of these games that pack a lot of fun into a much shorter time frame. You know. 
people get stuck on the idea of, oh, Monopoly, that's the board game and it takes forever. That's not <laughs> true anymore. It is just not how they are anymore. Yeah. So you write for all kinds of different websites and things. And of course, your book that people can check out now if they really wanted to learn more about how to put this together, how to host a game night. Where can people read your stuff and find you? I write for a website called The Opinionated Gamers. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Eric, uh, that's with a K, E-R-I-K, at Eric Board Games. Um, and my book is available anywhere you can, uh, anywhere you can buy books. Uh, how to Host a Game Night will be there. So do you only talk about physical, as in you can touch and feel, or do you get into some of the computer games, too? There are some terrific websites where you can take the, uh, uh, the tabletop board games. They've taken those and, and put them online. There's one I love called Board Game Arena. So I'm not a big video gamer other than Madden because I'm a football nut. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I play board games online constantly, especially this year uh, when it's so hard to get together with friends. Yeah, I've just learned of a new game. It's a browser game called Blaseball. Have you heard of that? No, I'll have to check it out. Okay, apparently it's taking the internet by storm. I didn't realize how fast this thing was growing. It's you remember the old Mutant League football? It was like it was kind of like football, but there was there were all these weird things to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that for baseball. It's just strange. It's almost like if you were to mix um, the role-playing of like a Dungeons & Dragons with baseball. It's so bizarre and strange, but it's just it's funny to see the things that happen. Like, for example, your team could uh, one of your team players can be incinerated by the umpire if the weather condition is right. <laughs> that could be one of the random things that happen in baseball. Incineration of your star player. But it's not like you uh, control the team or anything. It's basically you, you go out and you, you watch these things play out, and uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's worth checking out. All right, things so the Cardinals don't have to worry about. I hope not. You know, we got enough problems with the Cardinals right now. Yadier Molina, who is just a wonderful person and player, and now it looks like he's going, and I hope the Cardinals could work something out with him. People are stressed about everything, not only the election, but then you see something like Yadi go up there, and now you don't know what to think anymore. I saw that. That's a shame, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that they can still work something out. Uh, Eric Arneson, and again, your book is How to Host a Game Night. Great, great bits of information in that, and I think a lot of people will have fun. If they haven't picked up a board game in a while, I'll just encourage this again. Go check it out. The local library system's great. You can find games on there. You can, I think they have them all on their website anymore. You have to like request them. So just go and look and see what's out there. And you can go to like websites that rank games, find one you like, and request it from the library. It's amazing the type of stock that they have in there. And you're right about St. Louis. we got a very nice system here. Uh, so you're familiar with St. Louis. I've been there a few times. Uh, it's, it's been at least a decade since I've been there, but... Uh... Uh, but I love St. Louis. I love the Midwest. My dad was born and raised in Wisconsin, so that's where my heart is. Cool. That's why you know Euchre. You know, that's kind of a Euchre right. spot. you you got to get to those cold states that start playing Euchre, and they know what they're doing and something like that. We used to do that all the time, playing, and once you learned how to play, you know, you try to play with the big boys, you know, the parents that have been doing it their whole life, and then you get yourself shamed because they know what they're doing and you don't. And then anything uh, constitutes as table talk, and then you're in trouble. Um <laughs> Yeah, Eric, I, yeah, Table Talk has a whole section in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Arneson, How to Host a Game Night. Thank you so much for coming on to Overnight America. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. 
Yeah, this is fun. I love talking board games, and it was a nice distraction for a while. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Make sure to look him up online, A-R-N-E-S-O-N, Eric Arneson. This is Overnight America, KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. And welcome back to Overnight America. Big election next week. Uh, you don't need to be reminded of that. And part of the election is not only in the city and the county, there's some pretty big seats that are up in the county executive with Dr. Sam Page. A lot of uh, controversy surrounding him as of late. Challenging him is the Republican Paul Barry III. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Overnight America. When not miss it for the world. How you doing, Ryan? Doing very good. Yeah, this is uh, crunch time for you guys. And you, every uh, it seems like every day I look at what's going on in the county and there's another questionable thing that's going down with Sam Page. And I know that uh, you have been quite outspoken talking about some of the issues. And it's more of a governmental issue when you take a lack of oversight and give someone too much power, what could really uh, happen there. We saw the corruption of the Steve Stanger administration, and now Dr. Sam Page is starting to uh, mirror some of those things where oversight is not important. I'm glad that someone's sounding the alarm, and I know that's something you've been watching closely. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, before I get to the normal policy things I want to talk about, I want to bring something that's breaking in the news. So it was just reported that the city of Jennings is now going to be patrolled uh, in conjunction with the city of St. Louis Police Department. And I just spoke with the gentleman, Terry Wilson, who is a county council person, and Apparently, they were shut out of the process. Now, to sort of tie the things together, because you probably aren't aware of this, do you remember when the county came out and said that they're going to do a, a study on St. Louis County and to deal with, quote-unquote, race issues? Well, it finds out that this is somehow connected between some clandestine plan between Lida Cruson and Sam Page in order to have a joint policing uh, by the city of St. Louis police in the city of Jennings. Now, what I have to remind you about the city of Jennings is they paid for a contract with St. Louis County to patrol their jurisdiction. There are a plethora of issues with this. Number one, if a city police officer is patrolling Jennings and they shoot somebody, who's liable? Okay. Is the county liable? You know, what happens if we have to discipline? And look, I have a lot of city police officer friends, as you're aware of. This is not an attack on their officers, okay? This is about government. And most importantly, not having uh, the local jurisdiction even knowing what's going on. And then what's happened is the organization that's behind this corporate pilot program is uh, Centene Corporation, which they're a good corporation, but... You know, they donated $200,000 to Sam Page. I mean, this stuff is insane. We are trying to keep up with what Sam Page does, and there's like six people in a room, and we still can't keep up with it. So to get back to the election, we have a choice on November 3rd. Uh, what I see from Sam Page is a gentleman that has done nothing to spur job creation, Name one major project that's been announced in St. Louis County. We can't even compete with the city of St. Peter's for an Amazon distribution portal when we have all of the transportation resources in St. Louis County. Shout out to St. Peter's for beating St. Louis County. i got good friends out there also. Uh, when you look at this COVID response, city of Jennings, um, they opened on day one, 
and they've had it was announced today in NPR Signals Public Radio. Uh, it was announced that they've had zero COVID cases. What are we doing about crime? You know, every time there's a protest, and you know, when you look at the Galleria, their businesses are now boarding up because they're scared of the election results. I mean, you got to pay attention to what's going on. This isn't even about me as being a, a, a guy that wants to be county executive. We are going to hit the dark ages here in St. Louis County if we don't turn. Look at the county council. It's become a clown show. I mean, they filibuster 2,000 comments that are manufactured by the chairwoman, Lisa Clancy. We need some adults in the room, and we need people that have solutions, and we need people. I mean, this is getting insane. And the problem is we're going to start having residents fleeing St. Louis County for St. Charles County, Jefferson County. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if I lost the election if we weren't talking in a year of some municipalities want to annex to St. Charles County. I'm already talking to the municipal mayors, and they've brought that topic up. Wow. The policing issue, it does remind me of what we went through when it came to the whole merger discussions. And I just wanted to point out some of the similarities between what we're seeing today and what they wanted to accomplish when it came to the merger. And the whole idea was we want to give uh, too much power to one person, in that case, Steve Stanger. Now imagine with all of the corruption that we later find out, the federal investigations, and now he's in federal prison, if we would have gave all the power to this entire region to one person. Now look at what's going on in the county. This does trouble me when you have a person that appointed himself with almost no oversight in the county council uh, made a terrible mistake voting for this. And they should never have done this to just allow that, hey, we really don't need to have any input on the way that this money is being spent for COVID. Now, all of this comes back to bite them. You know, uh, you have uh, Dr. Sam Page there that could veto the ability to put uh, checks and balances back in place over him. Now we wonder, too, well, what about some of these other contracts and these audits show that he was asleep at the wheel and what's going on with the Northwest crossings? Why hasn't that been addressed yet? Hey, and by the way, what's going on with you working another job on top of all of these things? All of this is starting to pile on, and um, Although, I think we need to... But the interesting thing with it being cut on there, and I want to address the Post-Dispatch. They did an editorial telling people you shouldn't vote straight ticket. They wanted to make me the topic of it. And they make all these claims of, you know, uh, financial uh, train wreck waiting to happen, all these different things. There's one thing I can tell you. Sam Page has done things that Steve Singer would even think of doing. And I am just, you know, it's amazing to me that the guy violates the charter they endorsed him. They could end up endorsing a guy twice for the same office and ends up in prison because there are seriously issues that are going on that are starting to come out. And, you know, I am just, you know, I have to, I'm grateful for Camel X, you guys, you know, throughout your lineup, and I've done pretty much all the shows this, this week. You guys really have your eye on the ball. I appreciate these opportunities because, quite frankly, that's what matters. To say that what happened to me, you know, in a landlord tenant situation 17 years ago has more to do than Sam Page violating the charter today. He went through the media. He says, look, I'm sacrificing for, you know, for the county. I'm sacrificing my own practice. OK, and then we find out this guy's working. His office says, 
oh, well, you know what? You know, there's nothing wrong with this. There's not an executive, the president, the uh, governor, Parson, Lyda Cruz, and Steve Elman. None of us are permitted to work, okay? Um, you know, you can own things. Trump owns his businesses. There's a reason why his kids had to take it over. Now, let's look at what's happening in the mess that he just got mercy in. $10 million of COVID fund has went to medical institutions. There's money that went to the Children's Services Fund. I hate to use the word laundered, but this is exactly what they did. They gave the money to the Children's Services Fund, which in turn gave it to Mercy. Now, there are good people at Mercy Hospital. Maybe no corruption whatsoever existed, but the appearance of corruption is why we don't allow this to happen, because he's put us in a position, especially, Ryan, when he is the one personally authorizing the money to go out, it's not like it's going out to the castle. I mean, I will tell you this. Um, I would actually, if I wasn't running for county executive, I'd rather pull a blind six and just see what happens with the other guy than to go through page. I, I hate to say that, but that's where I'm at with it. This isn't just an issue of policy or I didn't like his, you know, how long the mask mandate was. This is categorically across the board. You know, everything from the jail. You're saying you're addressing COVID, but you have an outbreak in your jail where you have controlled environment. This is about the black community not receiving any testing dollars where in North County until the day before the primary, and he pledges 500000 to CARES STL. I mean, I, when I talk to municipal mayors, they are just telling me, Paul, you've got to find a way to win and turn the ship around. And it, this isn't even about me at this point. I am a lifetime St. Louis County resident, okay? Because you're not from here doesn't make you a bad guy. But Sam Page doesn't understand certain aspects of St. Louis County because, quite frankly, he didn't either grow up here or he wasn't able to integrate here when he got here to really understand how this works. Um you cannot just do this king-like mentality and not talk to anybody, not work with anybody. That is why he could, he's going to end up losing because he has made it clear that, you know, after the primary that he's going to settle scores. Look at Hazel Irby. Throws, you know, throws her out on her tail, basically says her services are no longer needed, but, you know, he, he just, He's vindictive, and I hate to say it. And honestly, he's acting like a bully. And just like uh, George McFly in Back to the Future, we're going to deal with this. (laughs) Let me me mention this real quick. I think there's two things worth pointing out because um, not necessarily race-specific related, but we look back at some of the mistakes we made when it came to reacting to COVID. One of those big mistakes, large cities like New York, when it came to recycling positive patients back into nursing homes, we realized very quickly that was not a good strategy. So we started to change and adjust that. One of the other things they started to realize was that predominantly black communities were starting to get hit harder. And if we go back to the very start of this, where did Sam Page start putting his testing at? Was it the black communities? No. <laughs> you put it in Chesterfield. So, yeah, and that's been my number one argument. And then this is the thing that shocks me because as a guy that, and you understand this better than maybe your listeners or the public, you know, I, between the different entities in our government, whether it's Holly's office or Parsons office, you know, I sometimes serve as a flow through for information, okay, because I'm in the community 
you know, and I've talked to the people that run these organizations, and they were getting zero help from the county. When private schools decided that they were going to open and Sam Pace didn't like it, he wouldn't help them, uh, you know, purchase any PPE or any. I mean, he is really just, he lost it. And I feel sorry for St. Louis County, you know. My father called me up Sunday, and he is a staunch Democrat, okay? I can't even promise if he's voted for me every time. He says he does, <laughs> but I know that he doesn't like voting for Republicans, right? And he told me to, he told me two things. He says, Paul, he says, do you think the public really understands what I'm saying in the lies? And I said, Dad, I'm not even sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that get it. There's a lot of people that lie to there's a lot of people that remember when the Post-Dispatch told him to vote for Stinger, and he ends up the one in prison, right? I'm supposed to be such a bad guy, but apparently I'm in my living room, right? Um, <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the other thing that my dad told me is he says, how are you going to feel if you lose? And I told him, I says, personally, I know I gave it my best. I know people are standing out. I know that there were some very powerful entities against me, and we broke through, Okay. But more importantly, I feel sorry for St. Louis County because what you're seeing now from Sam Page, imagine what it's going to be like the day after the general election if I lose. What do you think, if he's doing this pre-election, what do you think he's going to be doing? I don't think he has a political future. So I don't think he really cares what the public thinks or being accountable to him or any of that stuff. And why he's even allowed to be county executive when he's violated the charter it baffles me. You know, we looked at actually suing him, but this is the complexity of that, okay? You can only ouster him for the rest of the term that he's that he's in now. So if I went to the big action, I'm going to file a lawsuit, and then post-dispatch is going to claim it's another publicity stunt, even though every time I sue Sam Page, he tends to do what I'm asking him for, right? Like, let him play, if you remember that right. one, right? Exactly. But, yeah, and, and he they, the post-dispatch made this argument, it was a publicity stunt. You cannot continue a suit if it's moot. And if I sue Sam Page for something, and he does exactly what I'm asking him for in the suit, there's no lawsuit. But instead of them explaining that legality, they said, well, he sued and quickly dismissed the suit. You know, I sued for my daughter to be able to cheerlead. And once Page addressed that, I had nothing else I could sue for. But this is just, I'm, I'm telling you, um, I ran against Steve Stinger, and he had all kinds of problems, right? And this is one-fifteenth of what I'm dealing with with Paige. I mean, Stinger, I knew what his issues were. I knew what he did. I knew that the media wanted him. They had a plan of appointing Sam Page. I'm talking about the Post-Dispatch. They knew if Stinger got elected, they, we could simply uh, – you know, they knew he'd get it. You know, he knew he'd get removed. They knew the council, and they actually said so in the editorial, believe it or not. So this isn't just a claim. You know, they came out and said this is why we endorsed them. So you know, I, you know, if you want to follow the post dispatches endorsement, luckily for Paul Beard the uh, third, my two core bases in St. Louis County for voters, which are African American voters and Republicans, hate the post dispatch, and they wouldn't trust them to, to line their birdcage, okay, with paper. Now, the interesting, thing, the interesting thing we're getting into now is I've actually expanded my base. There's a lot of, and we're, we bring up race, ladies and gentlemen, that are listening, only because we're talking about demographic blocks, okay? So I'm a guy that wants to support everybody, but I'm, I'm making that outline just so people can understand the different voter blocks in St. Louis. And white union voters, they're saying to me, 
Paul, our union fit to vote for this guy, but I'm not voting for him because my kids can't go to school or my kid can't play soccer or my bar is closing at 10 o'clock or the overreach or the, the good doctor feels like it's okay for him to work on the side so he can keep his, his mansion. But yeah. where's our jobs? What is he doing to make sure? So we are bringing people together. And I thank Sam Page for that because he's unifying St. Louis County. Yeah. Let me say two things real quick because two things I want to point out. And um, number one, I don't know if I've seen one Sam Page yard sign. I've seen a whole bunch of Paul Berry yard signs. So you're doing good getting your name out there. The other thing, another difference between Steve Stanger and Sam Page, as far as I know, Sam Page hasn't gone to a predominantly black church to pander to them and sing Amazing Grace and then walk out the back as soon as he's done. So I haven't seen that from Sam Page. That might be a bonus. Steve Stanger did that. Well, I'll tell you what he did. Uh, Saturday he showed up at uh, uh, Council uh, Councilwoman-elect Shulanda Webb, who's going to be taking over for Rochelle Walton Gray, she had a lid drop. He shows up, takes a picture. Within 15 minutes, it's on his Facebook. And oh, I yeah. sources sources from that campaign have told me that they didn't know any of that stuff was going on. Okay, I know. well, I mean, I, we got to go. I'm sorry, we're running super late. But again, if people wanted to find out about you, what's the best place for them to go? www.barry4stlcounty.com. Uh, that's where the information is. But most importantly, vote jobs i oppose to fund the police and i need to bring people together we're very segmented and it's time for me to bring st louis county together let's turn the page thank you ryan Paul, thank you paul barry the third he's running for county executive and go check him out and take him serious in his stances i think it's worth your time to know all of these things he stands for before you go and vote next week this is overnight america kmox This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Overnight America, we spent a lot of time at night talking about all kinds of different things, and we really stacked the schedule tonight with so many great guests. And if you wanted to go back and listen to any of them, we'll be posting them up on the podcast. KMOX.com slash ONA is a link to it, but better yet, whatever podcasting app you use, Make sure to look up Overnight America on there and subscribe, download it. I saw on Facebook, I just hit 900 likes on the Overnight America Facebook page. Isn't that cool? I would love it if you go and like it. I'm trying to get up to 1,000. That's like the threshold you want to hit. So if you're on Facebook and you don't like Ryan Recker Radio, please do so. That would be great. Ryan Recker Radio. Uh, Just a quick couple of notes. Tomorrow night, we're going to be doing something a little bit different with our programming. I know that we're close to an election, but then again, we can't talk all politics all the time. And we're going to take a special moment to look back at KMOX history. One of the very favorite nights of the late Jim White was Halloween. And on Halloween, he would do his Halloween spooktacular. And on the Halloween spooktacular, he'd do all kinds of different things. Every year, he'd find something new to do. In 1981, he had a special that many look back and say, oh, that was one of the good ones. Ooh, the Lemp Mansion. He did a live broadcast from there. A lot went down on that night. And we're going to rebroadcast Jim White's Halloween Spooktacular tomorrow from 9 until midnight. Super cool. The election is next Tuesday. I'm going to be doing a live video stream at KMOX.com. 
We'll find uh, more details and ways you can interact with that coming up in the near future, too. And right after the break, a lot to get to in another live hour of Overnight America. Don't go anywhere on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 